Welcome everyone to our featured podcast on thought leadership with Dr. Ray McKinley. Dr. McKinley is an expert on leadership and character development. Let's join the conversation now. Hello everyone, this is Ray McKinley. Welcome to Ride the Elephant today. Glad you joined us. My guest today is Brian McKinley. Say hi, Brian. Hello everyone. Brian, I want to talk a little bit here. We've been looking at what motivates us, what causes us to do what we do, why do we respond the way we do. And many times we find ourselves in situations where we look back and say, why did I respond that way? Or why couldn't I have responded better than I did? And I think one of the things that we really maybe don't focus enough on is considering as we examine our life and examining some of the responses we're getting in our life and the outcomes we're getting, is to reflect on our values or what I call a values clarification. And many of us really don't spend time looking at that. And I think it's prudent for us to do so because there's so many values and so many things in our life that fall in a gray area of where do we stand. When I talk about this gray area in, in my book, Ride the Elephant, A Journey to True Success, I found it helpful in having this conversation talk about the red side of this values continuum and the blue side of the values continuum. No particular reason I picked red versus blue, except I really like the red side of the economy because that kind of symbolizes to me a big red stop sign. Where I'm looking at this situation, I say, I want to stop this kind of behavior, stop doing this kind of thing, or stop feeling this kind of feeling. And to me, calling that the red side of the dichotomy or the continuum would maybe encourage me to make a behavioral change. It's worked for me, and I like that. And you and I have talked about that quite a bit. So I want to have this conversation in and around what I would call red behavior and blue behavior. And I think so many times when I approach this subject, people have a tendency to think black and white. They have a tendency of thinking they're being judged. And that's really not the intent in this conversation I want to have today, Brian. I don't want to find ourselves judging anybody else. And I don't want to necessarily make people right and wrong. And I think when we look at many of these gray areas when it comes to values clarification, there's no absolute answer to where we should fall on this. It's more of just a choice that we can make. And I think we need to look at those choices we're making when it comes to red behavior and blue behavior. And the other thing I think is really important about this, Brian, as we talk about values clarification, we have a tendency to talk about values in a way that sounds like we're projecting them onto other people. In other words, when I'm clarifying my value, it's like I'm projecting onto you what your value should be. And I always talk about values clarification as a prescription for self versus a prescription for other people. So with that understanding, in the context of having this be a prescription for self, let's begin a conversation about values and values clarification as it relates to choices that we can make based on the responses we're getting and experiencing in our life. I would say it would be important first for us to define our understanding what a value is. And many times people conflate the words value and belief and principle, and they all consider values to be pretty much, they use those words interchangeably. 
And it can be in some way, but it helps us to clarify as we examine our values and do a values clarification, separate it out from what is a belief and what is a principle that we live by. So quickly, I will say this. The belief is something we hold true by faith or something we hold true as fact. We know it's factual. You know, when you let go of a ball, the ball falls to the ground, and we have a belief that gravity will take that ball and let it fall to the ground. And we also have a belief when we hold something true by faith and trust. And we trust it because we believe it. So that's separating that out from a value. A value is what I would consider to be the level of importance we place on something. What is most important to us? Is it more important to us to go to the football game or is it more important to us to go to a birthday party? And we have to make a decision oftentimes what we value most and what is most important to us. So our values are deciding on a hierarchy almost where we list our most important values from the top to the bottom. And I think that's one of the things we can do is we can sit down when we do a values clarification, really prioritize those values. What is most important to us? And then make a decision accordingly, because oftentimes we don't make a decision on what's most important to us. Sometimes we buy into someone else's highest value, and their highest value might be to go out and do something that you maybe don't really care to do, or maybe you regret doing, but it's more important for you to stay in relationship with that person, so you end up doing something that you don't value that much, but another person values a great deal, and then you find yourself being controlled and manipulated by their values versus standing up for your own. So I think it's important for us to really decide what our values are in a hierarchy, one to a hundred or one to a thousand, and really know for sure what it is that we are looking to do. And then when some things come up, all we have to do is look at our values and say, no, most important to me is family. Family versus friends is oftentimes a tug of war there. Do I do something with my friends? Do I do something with my family? And you got to say what's most important. And everyone makes that decision. And for me to be critical of you for choosing friends over family is not fair because that's your value and that's what you're deciding to do. Then the third thing is principle. And a principle is really a predefined decision that we have made in our life, which oftentimes is based on our beliefs and values. But we've made a predefined decision. In other words, when this happens, I'm going to decide to do that. When that happens, I'm going to decide to do this. And we have clearly decided that anytime something comes up, we have already made a decision in advance, and we're just exercising that decision so our choice is clear. And yes, I often say that principles are predicated by our beliefs and values. If we have spent time in really sorting those out and looking at what our core beliefs are, looking what is most important to us as far as our value, then those two things combined can oftentimes create a predefined principle for us that we always live by. So as we go into the decision-making process, those three things become very, very important. One of the things that I find interesting when I talk to people about this, I say, are you a good decision maker? 
And many times I find that people say, well, no, I'm not really a good decision maker. Well, how do you go about making the decision? Well, I usually go talk to my parents or I usually go talk to friends or I go and put it out there on social media and I listen to the feedback I get. And oftentimes I make a decision based on what I'm hearing other people say. So then I'm thinking, well, what you're really doing in that situation is you're really not making a decision based on what you believe, based on what you value, and your predefined principles, you're actually making a decision based on somebody else's values and their beliefs. So we oftentimes find ourselves conforming to the will of others, and when we really say that, we're conforming to what they believe and they value. And that's oftentimes because we haven't taken the time to get clear on what ours are. So if we aren't clear on what ours are, we can't make a decision without going to someone else to help us make the decision. So when I hear people say they're not a very good decision maker and they can't make choices, it's because they haven't gotten values clarification, in my opinion. You know, I was talking to my brother this morning about a choice his daughter is making as she's going through college. She's contemplating a change in educational direction because she's second-guessing her decision to become a physician and she is now looking at some alternative things because there's certain things that are happening in the end in mind as she's thinking about being a physician, not just thinking about getting to a point where she is a physician. But once she becomes that, is this the lifestyle she's going to want to live? And she's now wrestling with that and having to make some decisions. And we oftentimes find ourselves in that dilemma. And I was telling him, I said, one of the things I found very interesting that these college-age students and high school-age students and younger people is they really have a tough time with decision-making. And it's because they just haven't got clear about what they believe, what they value, and they haven't made some predefined decisions. Oftentimes they're going to college because they're expected to. They're doing it to please their parents. They're doing it to win and get the highest grades they can and get the possible promotions and possible opportunities that might be better. And that's all fine and good, but there's a point where we need to start making some decisions about what you're going to do in your life, and they need to be based on your core convictions, your core beliefs, what's most important to your hierarchy of values. So I think that this is a big issue, and it also ties into some of the things we're seeing socially today with some of the confusion we have around the values of society. And are we really standing up for our personal values when we allow government, society, different schools making decisions for us or our children that might go against our values? Are we beginning to see in our society a recognition that we are maybe not being as clear about what we value and maybe we're just going along too easily with what society is telling us to do? And that, of course, ties into my feeling about the younger generation. You know, people in their 20s oftentimes haven't really sorted out, aren't living the exam in life. They're critically thinking it through, say, what's the end in mind here? What's this going to cause by me just being complicit with someone else making something more important? And I really haven't given thought to, should that be the most important thing? Or should there be a better way? Or do I believe there's a better way? And I'm just being complicit and going along with what the narrative of the week is in the social arena. So I think that's kind of where I want to go as we get to the end of this discussion, because I think it has a tremendous effect on our well-being, 
not only of us individuals, but our well-being of our families and the well-being of society as a whole. So there's a lot there, Brian, but it all comes back to values clarification. And that's kind of want to have people consider as they make the decisions that they need to make in their life. Yeah. The values clarification process is not something that is like part of the program. Like it's not something that you do in schools. It's like finance. I don't know why it is this way, but I mean, I didn't really understand what a mortgage was until I was getting one. And for whatever reason, we just kind of have this, we'll cross that bridge when we get to it, kind of a culture. And the bridge from the compulsory education system, you know, up through high school to adulthood is where that values clarification is supposed to be taking place. But no one ever explicitly sits you down and says, hello, young man, young woman. The compulsory education chapter of your life where you're stuck with your parents or your guardian and you have to go to school is ending. And now it's time for you to clarify your values. No one ever does that. If anybody ever did that for you, you're lucky because that's like not happening. And it seems that there needs to be time to clarify values and beliefs and principles. And that's like the whole point of the podcast, the whole point of your book, to encourage your readers, your listeners to take a little time to examine their life and do a beliefs clarification, values clarification, and a principles clarification. And that just takes a little time. And speaking of time, one of my favorite definitions for a value is a value is something you spend time or money on. I remember you saying that in the classroom. And that really caused it to sink in for me. That definition just totally solidifies what a value is. I think that people might be a little unclear about what a value is. It might bleed over into like morality and principles like you're saying. But if you really want to clarify it, you can make a list of what did I spend my time and money on in the last month of my life? And how do I wish it was different? What is time and money well spent from my point of view? And what is a waste in my point of view? And that will give you your subjective values. Even though I think there's a lot of ubiquitous values, like I value feeling good. I value spending time with people that I love. I value human life. Those are pretty ubiquitous values, but not everybody's values fingerprint is the same. So that's part of the clarification process. And, you know, you mentioned spending time doing something that you don't value with a person. Well, during the clarification process, you can identify, okay, I don't value that thing with that person. And I feel manipulated by other people to spend time and money on things that I don't really value that much. And if you don't do that analysis, you're going to start to resent people in your life for foisting their values on you. Because then you can never say, you know what? I've given this some thought and I've clarified for myself. This is not something I like to spend time or money on. But then, alternatively, you might realize during your analysis that, you know what? 
I don't really value going to the movies, you know, on a beautiful day. Why would I want to be in a dark room watching a movie? Yada, yada, yada. But my spouse really likes going to the movies. And I value time with my spouse. You say that now, and that's a very poignant point for me. I'm still reeling with that decision I made yesterday. It was a beautiful day here in northern Michigan. Sun was out. It was great. My wife wanted to go to the movies. I took her to the movies last night at 6.30. Can you believe it? On a beautiful sunny day. I went into the theater. I came out, and the sun was still out, but almost setting. And I'm thinking as I walked out of the theater, I can't believe I went in there and watched that movie on such a beautiful Michigan summer night. We don't have that many in Michigan that I can enjoy. So here's a perfect example of what you just said. I made a decision that what was important to her, and oftentimes we'll make a decision to do what's most important to another person and be willing to set aside what we want. But then we're doing it fully knowing that I'm backing off my need to do this, to provide for her her need. Now, frankly, part of the reason I was able to do that, she doesn't like to golf as much as I do. So when I go out on the golf course, I ask her, would you like to come out and golf? I particularly like it when she drives the golf cart and I can walk from shot to shot. Oftentimes, I don't hit it that far. That it isn't that far of a walk. So I say that shot was not ride worthy. I wasn't worthy to get in the golf cart because it wasn't far enough of a hit. However, I really like it when she takes me out on the golf course and we can visit and she's out there with me and I enjoy that. So she would go out. It's not important to her, but you know it's how important it is to me. So she then will agree to do that. And then, of course, I need to turn around a few days later and agree to go to a movie theater. So you don't value the movies. She doesn't value golf, but you both value time spent together. So there is the birthplace of compromise. Exactly. Yeah. And And that's that's, a beautiful thing. And some people cannot compromise. And I've been in relationships where there was not an equal exchange of value. It was not a fair trade. And it was always I was sacrificing my values to support the other person's values. And then they, in turn, would then cheap out on me or skip out on something that I valued. And that happens a lot. Yeah, and people can manipulate you and control you in that way. And, uh, of course, it's important to have a value that relationships are important. They might not be deliberately trying to manipulate you, though, so much as it's just we have selfish tendencies. And if you've not done that values clarification, you're just always going to allow yourself to go along with, and then you end up feeling manipulated, even though you may or may not have been. And that's, again, the value (laughs) of clarifying one's values because then now you're cognizant of it it's in your mind you might be able to even find a way to say it out loud and then all of a sudden you're communicating about it and your value is now lifted up and you say this is my value i'm having trouble because i feel like this value is being neglected and this is how we talk about values and the other person can go oh i wasn't aware of that now we're talking about it and that is The value of values clarification is that it really can enhance your relationships because values, like I said before, are like a fingerprint, very subjective, very nuanced. Even though we can all agree on certain ubiquitous values, it gets really specific and nuanced in a hurry. 
Well, Brian, you know, you talk about manipulation and control, and really nobody can manipulate and control you. They really can't. However, you can allow people to manipulate and control you by your failure to get clear on what you really value and the principles that guide you in your life. Once you're clear on that, you can graciously stand up against people who try to control and manipulate you. The people who are easily as controlled and manipulated are the ones that really have not done values clarification and really haven't looked at their core beliefs and what's most important to them. So therefore, they fall prey to the will of other people. And we see that just not in one-on-one relationships. We see that in society as a whole. And we see that affect us as the social narrative of the day seems to control behavior of society. And to me, it's again from this wholesale weakness that we have had as a society to not get clear on our values. Yeah, I recently watched the movie called Into the Wild, which is based on a true story of a young man named Chris McCandless. And he left home after college. And, you know, there's a great scene in the movie of him burning his social security card and throwing away his ID. His car runs out of gas and just leaves it. He starts hitchhiking across the country and he tells everybody he meets, I'm going on this grand Alaskan adventure. I'm going to go and I'm going to spend a spring in Alaska on my own, out in the bush, into the wild. And the theme of the movie is value. He had parents who had a totally different value system than he wanted for himself. And he felt that he had to run away from home, go all the way out to the bush of Alaska to clarify his values for himself because he was so disenchanted with the values of his father. A little bit of a spoiler here, if you haven't seen the movie, he never gets the chance to clarify his values with his family. And it's kind of sad in a way, but it's righteous and awesome how he clarifies his values for himself. He's just never able to go back and articulate those to his mom and dad and say, hey, guess what? My values are totally different from you guys. You can reject me, but I came here to tell you that I've arrived at a totally different value structure than what you guys raised me to believe in. And I think how many of us are starving to have that conversation with people who are closest to us, where we say, hey, listen, I don't actually value this like I thought I did. Or, you know, I'm looking at this career that's going to be very time consuming. And, you know, I'm going to have to work these long hours and dedicate this huge time in my life to doing this. Well, that's going to take me 10 years. I want to be a mother. I don't want to have all this time invested into higher education. I don't want to have all that debt. I don't want to be working long hours. I want to be home with my kids. I want to be a mom. And, you know, you have tons of young women going off to college and having that realization of like, okay, how many years do I want to do this? Because deep down, I kind of want to have a family of my own, too. And that's all part of the value clarification process. And if you're surrounded by people who are trying to voice their values upon you, maybe not even being deliberately manipulative in any way, but just saying, hey, join the club. Here's the values that I believe in. And you're just buying into all those values. And you feel like you can't talk to the people around you 
like, hey, I don't value this as much as everybody else needs to value this. I'd rather walk this path. And we're scared to do that, I think, because of the judgment. And there's this bizarre tribal behavior. Like, it happens almost subconsciously within a group of people. We're in a tribe, and we're all going to share the same values, right? And if you're in a place where being a career person is valued over having a family, then that is going to be foisted upon. If you're in a community or a tribe where there's a balance between career and family, then maybe, you know, that's a little healthier. But a lot of people are raised in a community where your career, your job, it's always secondary to time spent with family. It all just depends on how you were raised and how you're able to sit down and have a values clarification moment. I mean, you gave the example of the young girl in college thinking about changing her career path. That's why I'm on this tangent. And, you know, that's a values clarification moment. And you would hope that the people around her will be saying to her, yeah, well, decide what you want. Decide what you value. Instead of her being surrounded by people who are just going to say, well, that's stupid. I don't think you should do that. I think you should do this. I think you should pursue this career. You know what I'm saying? How sad is that? How many people get surrounded by naysayers to independent arrival at value? And instead, they're constantly kind of trying to brainwash their neighbors with their values instead of just letting values be discovered independently. Yeah, I couldn't agree more with that. Brian, you know, I think it's sad when we live in a family situation and we're going through this. I'm so different from my family. You know, I can't agree with anything my parents want me to do. I can't agree with anything they're doing. And we have all this tension that exists in these family dynamics. And just to understand, just to have an awareness, I said, okay, let's look at that for a second. If you could take that and examine it by breaking it down into, all right, what do my parents believe? What do they value? And what are their principles? Okay. Then look at yours and say, what are my beliefs? What are my values and my principles? Now that allows you, when you have that understanding, to go into a conversation with them and say, first of all, I think I understand what your values and beliefs are, mom and dad. This is what I understand them to be. I respect that you have those beliefs and values, and they've served me well through much of my life. And I now am clear on what I value now and what I believe, and this is what I value and I believe. I want to know if we can have a relationship, a father and son or daughter and mother relationship that allows us to have these different beliefs, different values, different principles, and still get along and still be in relationship. And to have this mature conversation with your parents that you, in fact, as a young person, then initiates and takes to them, it can really cause you to have the freedom to live your life without feeling you're controlled and manipulated by your parents or without feeling you're disappointed in your parents. When you get values clarification, it's not only getting it clear in your mind, it's getting it clear with the people you love and the people in your circle of influence, the people you want to be in relationship with. That's where it really matters most. Absolutely. And this is what I want the listener to hear is why it's so important. You know, say, well, it seems like that's just a waste of time to sit there and do a values clarification. I'm doing fine with my life. 
Well, if you are, great. Then maybe values are real clear. You know, one of the things you might find when you do a values clarification is you may find yourself in step with what your parents believe, what your parents value, and what's most important to them. And then you say, oh, okay, that's wonderful. But now you've owned it. Now, instead of it being something your parents have hoisted on you by the way they raised you, you actually have sat down, critically thought it through, did your own sorting out, and you sort it out in the same way they sorted it out. And isn't that a wonderful thing that you can then say, ah, I'm living my own life now versus living a life that my parents expected me to live. Because you had a values clarification, now you have ownership of it. And it isn't just mimicking or copying or conforming to the will of other people. You have clarified it for yourself. And then you have no reason to say, I blame someone else for the way I am in my life because they raised me or I was friends with them or whatever else you can say about your justification for your behavior. When really your justification, your behavior is dependent on your values clarification. Yeah. That's a hard thing for people to hear. And it's not easy. However, it's important. The other thing that we see, Brian, is how by not getting clear on what our values are and not getting clear on what we truly believe, we fall prey to society's values and what the current more in a society is or the current value is. The cultural experiment of the day. Yeah, the cultural experiment of the day is a good way of saying it. And one of the things I've noticed, and I heard this in a podcast the other day by Charlie Kirk, and it was kind of an interesting one. He was talking about how we've gone from, when we first hear in the social narrative, we have a tendency we want to tolerate and then understand and try to get along with maybe this diverse feeling that's being expressed in the social arena. And then we get to a point where we're being asked to accept it. Then when they've achieved our acceptance of this position, then they find that they want us to celebrate that with them. And it becomes an expectation now instead of a tolerance. And then if we don't conform, they force us to conform through ad hominem attacks, calling us names, belittling us, making us out of the mainstream, you know, calling us any name that they can think of, and trying to force us into conforming. And we've seen that through governmental enforcement, through, through law enforcement, through the schools. It first starts with tolerance and acceptance and celebrate and expect and force. And I think people are now, as you're being told, you have to accept this. You're being forced to take the vaccine. You're being forced to have these theories being taught to your kids at a very young age. You're going to be forced to accept the fact that so many of our historical landmarks are going to be destroyed down because it's offensive to other people. You know, all these things, people are starting to say, wait a minute, I value history. I value going back and looking at where we were 100 years ago and saying, we aren't there today, and isn't that a good thing? I value math, reading, and arithmetic, and that's what I want to talk to my kids. I don't want the schools teaching my kids beliefs and values. That's my job. So what's most important to me as a parent is I'm not going to let them do that, and I'm going to go to the school board 
and stand up on the podium and say, you cannot do this. And we're seeing more and more parents say, you're not going to do this. I'm going to pull you out of this school and get you in a private school or a school that I know will not be doing what you're doing in this school. So they're taking a more proactive position. They're getting clear on what they really value because what has happened, they just allowed and bought into. First of all, they tolerated, then they accepted, then they were expected to celebrate it. And they said, eh, I don't feel like celebrating it, but whatever. And then it's expected. Now when you start forcing it on me, I'm going to stand up against it. And I think it's important that we, in the early stages, when we're being asked to tolerate what someone else believes and values, what's most important to them, when we're asked to tolerate that, we need to step in and say, all right, you can have that belief, but I'm going to tell you right now what mine is. In the tolerance stage, I'm going to tell you what I believe and what I value, and I want you to tolerate my belief and value in the same way that you're asking me to tolerate yours. And then we'll continue to have the conversation. But for me to just accept it, and then you ask me to celebrate yours, and then you're going to force it on me, wait a minute, I am going to take what I believe, what I value, what's most important to me, and very early on in this situation, you're trying to control the narrative and orchestrate the narrative to go in a certain direction. I'm going to orchestrate my narrative if it's different than yours. And then we'll have parallel conversations as we move forward, which I'm okay with. But right now, in the last few years, because we haven't had enough people stand up for what they really value, we've seen that go in one direction, and we're paying a price for it. Yeah. One-way tolerance never works. No. And that's what we're seeing in our society today. Yeah. We have a contingent of people who are asking for one-way tolerance. And, like, you better tolerate us, but if you say anything that we don't like, we're not going to tolerate it. Yeah. I mean, it's just wrong, and it's not going to get us anywhere good to have one-way tolerance. Tolerance is a two-way operation, and it happens at the values clarification point. It does happen at the values clarification point. We come together in the forum of values clarification. I say, here's mine. You say, here's mine, and then we go our separate ways, and nobody gets in a fight or kills anybody so long as we can go our separate ways. And I've alluded to this in past podcasts about how I like difference of opinion and I like controversy. And it's exciting sometimes when we get to culturally revisit our values because then it gives every individual an opportunity to say, oh, this was just a given for so many years. But now we're talking about it again. And I'm starting to clarify my values on it one way or another. And, you know, you can judge that, but I'm clarifying my values because we are now revisiting this topic. And that, to me, is a wonderful exercise. It is, and we have a social responsibility to do that, in my opinion. Not only is it better for our own well-being, it's better for our relationships, it's better for our families, it's better for society when we stand up and are clear with what we value. And, you know... Just to say, I disagree, to disagree, is not clear enough. Have we really done enough? If you're disagreeing to disagree, that's a problem. You need to disagree with some substance, and the substance comes in your clarification of what you truly make most important, what you truly value, what you truly believe. Once you have that in your heart, 
and you're able to speak it, your truth about that comes out. And this goes up against somebody else's truth that they think we all should have. And then through that conversation, we have compromise and we have a resolve of the issue or hopefully resolve the issue. However, no one's going to steamroll over anybody else as long as people have values clarification. And what happens right now, we're seeing a lot of steamrolling occurring in our society. And it's because we have not stopped at the tolerant point. We've been tolerant to listen to them, but you have not asked for tolerance to have your view heard. And you say one-way tolerance, that's a perfect way of saying it, Brian. And that's what we need to start considering. And guys' clarification is where it begins. Any more thoughts about that and how that can be used as part of the examined life? Well, it's all a ongoing process of values clarification. And if you aren't actively assessing your position and highlighting what you truly believe, distinct from what you've been asked to conform to, then you're just going to be going along with. And then you might find yourself saying, I guess I go along with because more than anything, I value being a part of the mainstream. So I just go along with whatever the mainstream tells me to go along with because that's what I value. And it's like, hey, if you clarified that, at least you know, at least you have the self-awareness that you go along with because you want to be accepted and involved in the mainstream. And that's all well and good. And I think that, you know, not all nuance of opinion or disagreement goes down a slippery slope to violent sectarianism. I don't believe that. I believe that here in America, there's enough time and space for every single person who lives here to have disagreement, and then we can all go and live our separate lives. I agree, Brian. And the sense of peace that comes over you as you get clear on what you believe and what you value, there's a sense of peace that comes over you that you've sorted this out. You know, I think one of the reasons we have such high levels of anxiety today in our society where people are anxious and fearful and are in so much pain sometimes is because they've really not stopped and looked at their own values. They've basically just gone along with everybody else's, but it just never really resonates deep down inside. It may not resonate with their spirit within them. Because they've never really gone to that spiritual place inside where they really have done that soul searching of looking to see what they really truly believe and what they really truly value, they become anxious. There's not a sense of peace, there's not a sense of calm, and it may lead to apathy, it may lead to frustration, it may lead to depression. It can lead to a whole host of things because we just haven't sat down and really, really looked at deep down inside what is written on our heart, what spiritually is within us, what do we truly value, what do we truly believe. And I think once we do that, there's a sense of peace and calm that comes over us. Any final thoughts, Brian, as we close? I really value this conversation. I feel fortunate that I get to have this conversation with you isn't a new conversation between us, obviously, but I really feel fortunate and blessed to be able to have a conversation with 
my dad. And not only that, a conversation that other people can tune into. And I hope it helps them clarify their values. And that's a great starting point, honestly, is to grab your mom or dad and talk about values. And even if it ends in an argument, call them next week, call them again the following week, and just go through the exercise, painful though it may seem, of clarifying some values. And then do it with your spouse and then do it with your children because you can't do it too soon, though it's never too late to clarify your values. And I value knowledge and understanding. And I have gained a lot of knowledge from being in relationship with you. I also value my relationship with you and these conversations that we get to have. So thanks for having me on today. Well, thank you, Brian. It's a pleasure to have you. You're thoughtful, you're considerate, you bring a perspective that I think is enlightening. And I think people can sense the feelings that go between you and I. We don't always think alike. We oftentimes don't. But having these conversations make it important where I become more clear on what I really value in talking to you as you become more clear on what you really value as you talk to me. And that's really what you're suggesting to the listener to consider doing. So I would encourage all of you to move forward and do some values clarification and start those conversations because oftentimes this is the elephant in the room that we never want to talk about. And it's time that we address the elephant in the room and have these conversations around values and values clarification. Brian, thank you again for joining us. Thank you, everyone else, for joining us. Have a great week, and we'll see you next week for Ride the Elephant today. Dr. Ray McKinley is a speaker, author, and coach. In his new book, Ride the Elephant, The Journey to True Success, Dr. McKinley addresses the crisis in personal leadership and what you can do about it. Thank you for joining us today. Your feedback is important to us, and we'd like to hear from you. Email your comments and questions to ray at raymckinley.com. Join us next week for another informative podcast with Dr. Ray McKinley. Have a great week.